Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Whitford. It's the sound of her wings. <laughs> so today, we are talking about The Sandman, Episode 6, The Sound of Her Wings. So, before we dive into this episode here at all, just going to go through the typical reminders here. Or if you want to reach out to the show, you can do so by getting at us on Instagram, at Fantasy Rewind Pod, on Twitter, at Fantasy Rewind, or getting at us through email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing all your questions, your comments, what you're thinking about Sandman, any other fantasy topics you want to cover, or just a chat. All right, so now... Getting into episode six, The Sound of Her Wings. Mike, what were your overall thoughts on this episode? I really liked it. Like, as much as I love episode five for its uh, kind of mature themes and, you know, overall lesson, I suppose, and, you know, kind of the satisfying conclusion to that first arc, this is like the breath of, like, the exhale after holding your breath for so long it is so positive in in such on such a topic which you would think wouldn't be right 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 and we get to meet one another the endless and really get to know this character and i just felt that they one knocked death out of the park which you know uh is who we meet in this episode the sound of her wings the sound of death's wings uh but they knocked her casting out of the park she did a fantastic job really really stayed true to the source material and that character and i think they dug into her a bit more in a in some really great ways yeah what so were your thoughts i I, can't, I couldn't agree with you more i thought that this episode for everything that it that episode five was this was like the antithesis of episode five mm-hmm. you're right it was that calm after the storm but not in a way that was uninteresting it was a in a oh, very yeah. different way that sucked you right in, made you feel for everybody you saw dying. You're just like, oh my god. I'm sitting there watching this episode and my eyes just like tearing up when I see the baby die. And yeah. I'm just like, oh man. But yeah, I thought that the actress they had playing Death, uh, she w- did a fantastic job. I instantly fell in love with her. She was awesome. Oh yeah, she's so likable. So yeah, likeable. so likable. And I gotta say though, like, this episode really felt like two episodes crammed together into one. I know. I didn't even talk about the second half of it. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> we will. We'll get there. I know. We but will. it really did. And if, if anything, if I have one complaint, that might be a little complaint because it really did feel like two separate, like, half-hour episodes that they yeah. smushed together to try to make fit together. And they really didn't. They were so, so different from everything. They were. And, I, it, I'm it was, not mad about it, but it was not as good of a transition as I was expecting and what we've been seeing so far with the blending of multiple stories. It really kind of was like the baton ha- handed off. Like, it, it was almost, um, it was all about an episode with relationships with Dream. Mm, so you have his yeah. sister's relationship with Dream and like him kind of getting back and getting per- fresh perspective on his job and his purpose again, which I thought was really needed because... Yeah, we'll talk about it more, but I it was my I loved their conversations and I just thought that was so great. And then it handed off into his budding relationship with a human and 
maybe also why he has started to shift over the years. And now finally realizing that this mere mortal at one point, like, you know, 200 years ago or 150 years ago, who he, who he would not have been friends with is now calling him a friend and seems to be more personable. And so you do kind of get to see that transformation of dream in a really neat way. Yeah, And I definitely. think that's, that's kind of what they were trying to get across. I agree that the transition wasn't super smooth and it did feel like two separate episodes, but at the same time, the theming really did kind of unify it in that aspect. The but theming yes. of that relationship with dream, like you said, yeah, that did combine them. Could have been a little less, less yeah, apart, I know. It, but... Yes, but I, I don't know how you would have... Because I wouldn't have wanted them to break up the time with... I agree with you. ...his sister. And so I think this was really the best way to do it. And I really applaud them... Ta- I wouldn't have thought to take that second sequence and tack it on to the end of this comic. Because really... Agreed. Uh, we were talking, this is two separate comics. One from uh, the trade paperback one... And then the second one from like the end or middle of trade paperback two. Yeah. So they really did a nice job of being like, you know what, what could be a good progression here? Oh, let's connect it to his friendship with this mortal who at first he just thought was interesting and whatever. Like he's just here to explore this mortal and he thinks he is so smart and he's above like this human. And then as he gets to know this man over these countless hundreds of years in these like one-off meetings, like, he starts to like him, but at first, he can't even admit that. Right. All right, so there we go. So all in all, general thoughts are that we both liked this episode. It was very intriguing and very different from what we've seen so far in the Stan Man series. So moving into what this episode actually entailed, why don't you walk us through this, Mike? Yeah, so we go, <laughs> we open up to Dream. He's in a park, and he's feeding pigeons. You know, the classic... <laughs> I'm mopey and depressed, so I'm going to go feed some pigeons in the park. Whether that's Mary Poppins, which was referenced, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Scott in the office, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throwing slices of bread and fruit. Like, uh, he's just sitting there feeding these pigeons, and um, <laughs> he makes a miraculous catch of the ball, by the way, which I thought. Oh, right. That was really nice. Yeah, really cool effect there. Uh, but then you have this woman show up. She sits down next to him, starts talking with him, which is kind of odd. Um, and we find out later she's deaf. I just want to sit, bring that right out so we can, we've already said it. I right. just want to be able to talk about it. Dream seems upset. Um, and when he's talking with death, he talks about, and I might jump around a little bit here because really we go through, um, dream being upset and death trying to get it out of him. And finally is like, Hey, you want to come with me on my job? I have, you know, some of us have to work. Uh, and he's like, yeah, sure. And then they visit different households. And I thought the first one, when they went and saw the old gentleman playing the music. Yeah. Like, man. I I just sat there. Like, we were supposed to... We and, me, and, me and you were supposed to get on a call last night. And I had started watching this episode. And I lost track of time. And I, <laughs> I think you can understand why now. Because yeah. it is just such an engrossing episode that I... You just... It just kind of flows through it, and I you think don't want to pause. <laughs> mm-hmm. Each of these death scenes were so impactful because it it showed one that death had to take people from all different walks of life in all different situations. Yeah, and it's not that she didn't care or didn't feel upset, but that 
she understood that her job was important and her purpose was to help these people move on to the next step in their journey. And they're very ambiguous with what that is, which is a representation of the comic because, I mean, Neil, like we've said before, he tries to, uh, not cater to, but like he tries to represent all different religions and creeds and he leaves the afterlife as this sort of very ambiguous thing because it sort of depends on what you believe. I, I thought that was really well done in this. And I, I just, I go back to that first scene though with that old gentleman when they're talking and it, it weird, as sad as it kind of was, you know, it would just, it, it was so, it was done in such a good way that it was positive throughout. Like mm-hmm. this is a positive experience. You've had a full life. And now it's your time to move on. And the gentleman just accepted it and, you know, flew with her. So uh, just talk to me, Dylan, about some of those death scenes and what your thoughts were on them because I've been talking about it. And I could talk about it for a while. So I just want to come back to that first when you were talking about the old man with his violin playing that. Like, that scene there definitely was a little jarring because of, like, how moving it was, I thought. Like, you watch it. It's this sweet old man playing this violin piece that Dream hasn't heard in 200 years or or something like that, I think he said. And, like, the old man was so just, like, accepting of the fact. And Death was so nice in the way that she's like, yes, you can say your final prayer before, you know, I take you. And uh, he just accepted it and moved on. But then you go from that situation, like you said, you kind of get like a big broad stroke of the brush and seeing that death impacts everyone, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter who you are. You had the gentleman who drowned in the lake or the, the ocean, river, or the river. It looked, yeah. it felt like a river. So yeah, the gentleman on that his honeymoon there. on oh, his yeah. honeymoon. It's like, uh, I'm sorry, like it's your time to go. You know, yeah. there's no, there's no arguing. There's no fighting. It's just, sorry, it's, but it is what it is. It yeah. is. Yeah. And then you have the next one there, I think was the, the baby. The baby. Mm-hmm. And that one there was so sad because like you saw the baby just like giggling. That's all and, you got. Yeah. She's like, even said that to him. She's like, oh, I'm sorry, little one. You know, this is all the time that you get. And then took the baby and. I'm really glad that they didn't like have an after effects oh. scene there. Because I think it would have ruined it. It, it would have ruined it. Yes. I was. I'm glad you had the same mm-hmm. thing because I was dreading the mom walking oh, in me and too. us getting her. I was like, we don't need this. No, you started <laughs> like you can even like I think hear a little of my voice now. I'm I'm getting a little choked up. Like yeah. you can even like you could hear her a little bit like starting to like call out to the baby and talking to the baby and everything. But like then, <laughs> thank God, like it moved on. Um, then it moved on to the, the kid that was shot on his bike and everything. Yeah, and then, or his, I think he was, it was his skateboard or skateboard. Yeah. yeah it was a skateboard, but yeah, then comes full circle back to the dude that the was park. there at the beginning in the park. And he's like, Oh, I was, I was this close to getting hit by the car. Did you see that? And she's like, come with me. And I'm going to so, go show you. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go show you how close you actually were. But like what my overall feeling was about all these different scenes there is it did show that death impacts everybody. It shows, like, the conversation between death and dream that death is a part of life. You can't have life without death. And that, like, death finding her purpose 
in guiding somebody through this scary situation, you know, doesn't have to be a scary situation. It can be Correct. a positive experience for them. And just like the way that just she was there. Be there with a smile mm-hmm. and a friendly face. Exactly. Yeah. And I think too, that's really important for a dream because he talks about how he, you know, the, after he was captured, the only thing he was thinking about was vengeance. And you got to think about this. This is the first time in Dream's probably existence that he's been impeded from doing what he's wanted to do when he's wanted to do it and his duty, which we know is very important to him. And so when he's captured, he's silent the entire time because all he's thinking about is when I get out, I'm going to make all of your lives the worst things possible. And he really like one that's kind of robbed death (laughs) kind of robs him of that a little bit with, uh, Robert Burgess, and he finally requires all, or finally gets his all of his items back after he's released, and that vengeance and that desire to make everything right, it, it just wasn't it's not as satisfying. And I think so much, like, we could just, like, a lot of people would probably just gloss over that, like, oh yeah, whatever, let's keep going on the next episode, but that's so important because he may have never had something like that before. He may have never had a big purpose i'm going to get vengeance like i am going to do this outside of doing his job like i'm going to create dreams and nightmares and so that probably was such a new experience for him and you kind of got that sense there and then for it to not be as satisfying and then all of a sudden gone and he's just like well what's i don't have a purpose outside of my function and then this conversation with death where she's like your purpose is your function right right like you're an anthropomorphic being there you go nice (laughs) yeah uh which is the personification of emotions feelings or you know (laughs) concepts like that giving them human qualities um it's just i was you know that that first part of that episode gold if they stopped there and that was the end of this i would have been mad I would not have been mad well, either. Well, like, end of the series, was, I don't know. Well, but. sorry. Even if it was the end of the series, honestly, like if they were suddenly like, no more, we would be so upset because theirs was freaking great. Um, but thankfully, it is not the end of the series. And actually, uh, if you're good with death, we can move on to... Yeah, I'm, I'm good with death. I think we can move on to the second part. So the two comics that this episode pulls from, it is The Sound of Her Wings, which Mike mentioned is in the first trade paperback, and then also Men of Good Fortune, which is in the second paper trade paperback, The Dollhouse, part four, um, is where this one is taken from. Um, so yeah, go ahead. Let's dive into this part. Yeah, um, so this is where we... I don't remember his name. If you could pull that, that would be fantastic. Sure. Um Death and Death is getting pulled into a bar by his sister. Uh, sorry, Dream is getting pulled into a bar by his sister Death, and you can even tell back then, like, because this was hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Uh, because Death at the end of her segment with Dream is like, "Don't you have an appointment to keep?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I got an appointment to keep," and this is setting up to re- find out what that appointment is, and so they're going into this pub hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And death is very much the same. Dream, if anything, is more somber and just like, why are we here? This is a waste of time. She's like, oh, it's important to know the people that you serve or that you're catering to, which I like, 
agree with her completely. If you want to do a good job at something and you work with people, you need to know the people, right? I mean, that just makes sense uh, for both of us who work with humans as part of our job. (laughs) If I don't know the people I'm trying to serve or interact with, then I cannot be successful. And a lot of times I think uh, that's sort of thrown to the wayside by um, some jobs that don't have to deal with that. Anywho. So the guy's name is Robert Gadling. Yes. This is a really cool... I'm so glad they brought this in. Um, so they go into this pub, and Death's like, oh, she's she's like getting... They both get like a penny beer. She's like, ooh, this is terrible, but like seems excited <laughs> about it. And yeah, she's like, life, dream, drink up. Life. Yeah, Dream's just like, this whole place disgusts me. He's His like, facial expression throughout it. <laughs> exactly. His expression throughout all of that was so good. I loved it. He's just like, she's like, drink up. And he just like looks at it. And then he like puts it on the shelf and keeps walking. <laughs> and his outfit, like it just looked like he was this like petulant little boy who's like, I don't want to be here. Why are he we here, He reminded me of Let's Lord go. Farquaad from Shrek. <laughs> That is a good uh, good comparison, actually. Uh, and so they sit down, and then they hear this gentleman who's talking about death and how it's a fool's game, or he uses yeah. some other language. Basically, he's like, the only reason people, people keep dying is because you think you're supposed to. He's like, me? I'm never going to die. And Dream is interested in this. And, and death, death is, is like, as well, yeah. Yeah. Like, eyebrow raise. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And then so they start talking and um, that's like, you know, I could waive it. So he would live if you want to, uh, have a little you know, fun. make it. Yeah, I want to have a little fun, like make a deal with him because d- dreams like oh, he wouldn't last. Do you say a century? Yeah. He's like, give him a hundred years. He'd come crawling back wishing for death or something. like Yes. That. And so basically dream goes over, offers it to him. The guy doesn't think believe him. And then they give they they give it to him though he doesn't that guy doesn't know it but in a hundred years Dream comes back to that pub and the gentleman shows up and he's like well I didn't think this would actually be uh, happening what right. are you yeah who are you didn't make a deal with the devil yeah yeah and it's really funny because Dream's just sitting there like okay you're gonna wish for death now and he's just like <laughs> he talks about everything that happened he's like. Why would I want to die? He's like, things are just getting better. Right? I got so much to live for. <laughs> exactly. And that is a theme. Like, you jump on another hundred years here, and it's the same deal. Now he's, like, really wealthy. He's well off. He has a kid and a wife. And you're sitting there as if you're like, okay, something bad is going to happen in the next hundred years, and next time he's going to want death, right? Because when his kid dies and his wife dies, and he's still alive because he can't die, and he's not he's aging, penniless. too. Yeah, in the next hundred years, he comes back, he's a beggar, and he talks about how terrible everything had been, and how he'd been drowned as a witch, and he was still alive, and... <laughs> didn't they say, didn't he say, like, they drowned him, and he stayed down there for, like, 40 years, and he came back up, or something like that? Yeah, I think something like that, yeah. Um, and he just talked about, like, yeah, he has to be careful, because a lot of times what he'll do is he'll sail off and then come back as his son. Yes. Um, you know, few, 20 years later or whatever. But yeah, he's, he's like, I've done that a couple times now. Death's like, you're sitting there finally, like, f- finally he's going to want death, right? Nope. 
still doesn't. And so this experiment with dream progresses over time. And eventually, um, you know, they, you, well, one, one of the times you meet Johanna Constantine, because there is a legend of this man meeting with the devil, this Jewish man meeting with the devil. The wandering and, Jew and the devil. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, is this true? And <laughs> dreams like, I'm not the devil. And, uh, the guy's like, I'm not a Jew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, they meet again after that, and he's like, you know, I know why you keep meeting with me. And Dream's like, why? He's like, because you're lonely, and you want me, like, you want a friend, and I, I think you're a friend too. And Dream's just like, how dare you? How dare you think that I could be a friend with a mere mortal? And stomps away in his hissy fit, and... <laughs> He calls after, well, if you meet again in another hundred years, then we're friends. Another hundred years comes. They don't actually meet. And this right. now is like in the 80s or 90s. Yeah, 1989. Yeah. And um, in 1989? Yeah, 1989. That was the year that popped up there. Yeah. And then when they were supposed, yeah, that during those hundred years, they were supposed to meet. But during that hundred years, Dream was captured. Dream was captured. So they couldn't actually meet. And I I like this scene because um, the general the gentleman finds out that the bar that they've been meeting at for <laughs> yeah for five hundred years or so yeah whatever how many ever hundred years there is going to be getting destroyed and so what does he do he opens a new pub for them to meet <laughs> and I thought that was a really nice touch and dream it ends with dream kind of showing up there and. He's like, oh, you came. A little late. Like, yeah, yeah, a little late. He's like, but I couldn't uh, miss seeing a friend. Right. And I was like, oh. <laughs> he does have a heart. He is a he real does. boy. <laughs> he, I think this is really just showing the transformation of Dream throughout those first, you know, even throughout these first five episodes, six episodes, just showing how much he's changed as an entity over this time it isn't the end of the episode though no no it is not because the ending of the episode is something that i definitely want to talk about go for it so we see desire and desire has this whole big like statue complex that that they're in basically her realm her realm her realm okay but she, re- she reveals a very important detail here, that her plan failed to have Dream captured and imprisoned. So apparently, she was involved with the little witchcraft that Robert Burgess was trying to do to capture Death, and she may have altered it to make it capture Dream instead, or may have given him false information to capture Dream instead. And or just sparked the desire to yeah, capture Yeah, or sparked death. the desire. Yeah, you're right. There you go. Something to think about there. And the person she's talking about, the sister there, the hook she kisses belongs to despair. Ah, so this okay. is important to kind of talk about. There is kind of a uh, tier, like in terms of age and such. So the twins are desire and despair. They're twins. Then you have... I think this I think death and dream are kind of in the same like sort of creation range type thing. Like 
it's almost like older brother, younger sister type deal. Like Destiny is the oldest. And then comes, I'm, I might be missing up on a couple of them, but Death at least, and then Dream, and then this the twins. And then the youngest was Delight, who is no longer Delight. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what they do with her whenever she comes into uh, into the story. But Delight ends up becoming Delirium. Mm. And talking about a trippy character in the comics. Ooh. As the name implies. But we're, we're definitely setting up for what's going to be happening next year. That's what I was going to say. So are we seeing that both despair and desire were teaming up to try to get dream or, or was it just uh was it just desire that we saw here because like you said she was kissing like the little hook there yeah so she's like they didn't really explain this but they have kind of a phone system and they each have a sigil and so it's an item and they can kind of call each other by doing that. Like, I, mm. I'm in my hall, or and I call on you, I'm holding your sigil, whatever they say. And that's how they, like, almost like video call them. Mm, okay. Each other, so. But yeah, I'm interested to see, like, what plays out over the back half of season one here with Desire kind of revealing herself to be more of this um, behind-the-scenes villain that we haven't been getting to see much of and I've just been getting, like, a little sneak peeks here and there at the end of a couple episodes so far. Yeah, I'm excited to see as well. They could go in so many different directions. Like I've told you, there is kind of a main storyline that I think they will stay true to. But there's a lot of, like, side stories that they can kind of sprinkle in like they did here. And, um... Because one thing we didn't I mean, mention was mm. that while uh, Robert Gadling was doing his whole immortal meet every hundred years with um, Morpheus type of deal there, Morpheus never told him his name, first of all. And we did get to meet a familiar literary person, William Shakespeare. William Shakespeare. And that kind of that actually leads into another storyline that is important in some ways it's not like super important but like it layer like it layers into everything else that builds until the end so it'll be neat to see if they kind of take off in some of these other directions and i was actually just reading an article um last night about the writing team they haven't gotten a greenlit for season two yet which i think is only a matter of time honestly, yeah i think it's how inevitable. successful the show's been but they've already started kind of getting writing rooms together and doing some preliminary writing and stuff. Mm. So hopefully uh, we'll get some news on that soon. Awesome. All right. So just final thoughts again, wrapping up here on episode six, where you feel like it kind of falls within the pantheon of our episodes so far, or what are your, what are your just overarching thoughts? I think thoughts five so and far? six would be my favorite. And I don't think I can move them. I think because they both, go and they're both good in such different ways mm -hmm. i just want to put them together and just like like, like they're that. mine they're my favorites <laughs> yeah they are um so something right now something else we can announce right now um i guess uh is mike just did a thing so like do you want to <laughs> tell everyone about your thing that you just did yeah so we just uh if you guys didn't notice our logo has been revamped we got a graphic designer to kind of do a new logo for us and it's been that way for a couple months now. <laughs> it caused us some issues, uh, actually, with our podcast feed and stuff. But you, don't, you all don't need to worry about that. 
Uh, we got that fixed finally, but we ordered, I ordered some stickers. So we will have some really neat stickers. I'm excited once we get those in, be taking some pictures and posting them on our social media sites. And um, if you guys write in, ask questions, whatever else, like, you know, we want to we wanna send something back to you guys as a thank you. So we'll send you guys a sticker. Um, really excited again to share those. And uh, yeah, so talk to us. Let us know what your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives are on these different things. And we'll be sending you stickers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But with bribery. that... We're not yeah. above bribery. <laughs> We're here. not above bribery, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, with all that, though, we'll get out of here. Um, so we hope you guys enjoy Sandman. Hope you guys enjoy the show here. Uh, this is Two Nerds signing off. See ya. Goodbye.